1: Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now, here's your host,
2: Alf. One and we're on. And this is OnlyFans Q&A Live. This is a show we do live on our Discord on OnlyFans. If you want to get on there for $3 a month, it's discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans. And as always, this show is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to PrizePix.com forward slash three yards. That's the number three yards. And I use the promo code three yards. That's the number three yards. And look, if you were on there, you could have played more passing yards for Will Levis, who actually looks pretty good. Uh, so you would've you would have hit that one. I gave that one out on on our on our Twitter feed and hopefully some some of you actually got on there. But if you deposit $100, you get $100. And, of course, Black Coral Rum, the official rum of three yards per carry. If you want to find out about a rum that's distinctly Florida, you could go to SteelTieSpirits.com. And finally, Simon, you haven't heard this one, although you heard it in the last pod. We have an official whiskey now, Balcones Whiskey from Texas. Love it. So we have official whiskey. You're going to hear my voice. Right before this show, there's an ad where I do an ad for Balcones whiskey. You could get it anywhere. We have a, a, a listener and a member from OnlyFans who lives in Chicago. He told me he bought it at his liquor store. So Balcones whiskey, it's nationwide. You could get it anywhere. You just heard his voice, Simon, kind of a rock star. In like, are, are you aware? Are you aware, Simon, that like you're everywhere? At least you're pretty famous on Twitter. Let's just say that, okay?
3: Today. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a good day. It's been a good day. Let's let's put it out. Like, put it like that.
2: All right. Uh, this show we always start off with news. If you could give us a rundown on the Dolphins' health for the day and any major news on Friday practice, the final practice before they face the Chiefs Sunday yeah, so- morning
3: in America. Yeah, so we got to watch about eight minutes of practice, but Teron Armstead was out there. He was performing well. He looked physically great. He was moving well. He was running. Um, McDaniel said he was very, very optimistic that he would be able to play, but also kind of, talked about the fact that obviously there's a bye week coming up and maybe the extra two weeks would help him but he, he was thrilled with where he was not such good news for rob hunt he is out of the game um he was actually doing some uh sort of leaps jumps to the side to, to kind of test the hamstring and going through some drills and stuff but he, he's out with the hamstring injury actually we just went for dinner in town i'm in frankfurt i'm sitting in the hotel toilet or in my the toilet in my room. My wife's watching TV in the in, in the bedroom of the hotel, and we just went out for dinner. and We're wandering through part of Frankfurt. and Xavier Howard was in Chanel. Rob Hunt and Savon Ahmed were in Bottega Veneta, and Brandon Peely was queuing up to get into um into Louis Vuitton. Uh, so, but but Rob kind of I think is close, but just won't play this week. Braxton Barrios picked up an injury or a little bit of a tweak and they were testing it today, but I haven't heard because I've not really been around this afternoon. So I haven't heard how he went in practice, but he looked fine in the eight minutes that I saw. Um, Brandon Jones obviously is out with the concussion, won't fly, has stayed in Florida, won't fly. Um, Who else was there? I think that's pretty much... Pretty much it. Connor Williams came to the podium, uh, said that it was his intention to play and to start. uh, And the fact that he was put up by the media team to uh, do media work makes it feel like he will be uh, starting. And so beyond that, I think they're in pretty good health. There was no kind of indications about uh, about anybody else. Jalen Phillips was out working 100%. Obviously, he was back last week. But with the oblique, he looks fine uh i didn't there was no update on Xavier howard but when asked um uh, jalen ramsey sort of intimated that howard was going to play um so yeah i mean the team kind of rounded back into shape and i suppose the good news off to the side was devon a chain was running routes and uh putting his foot in the ground and cutting um and the indications i got from uh colleagues within the (laughs) excuse me within the dolphins who were there um it seemed to think that you know, obviously this is his final game on on, on IR, and he'll be back for the Raiders in, in two weeks' time after the bye.
2: All right, now let's let's get uh, the obvious side of the way. You had a question for jo- uh, for oh, I almost a Josh McDaniels. He got Josh
3: McDaniels.
2: Yeah, Josh McDaniels got canned, and along with everybody else that even had a job over there in Las Vegas, Mike McDaniel you had a question from Mike McDaniel, and the question has been repeated everywhere, including NFL Network. By the way, you're, you're like you're going wide with this thing.
3: So, was it was it on NFL Network?
2: Yeah, it's everywhere. It, it's like it, anybody who has audio or video in the United States is playing your question. So it's it's That's pretty very much funny. it's pretty much everywhere. You had a question. You know the question better than most. Uh, if you could just repeat that, and then we're gonna get to the audience members who have a ton of questions for you.
3: Cool. Yeah, I mean, I was just keen to know about, because obviously scheme is so important and we talk about scheme all the time, and I was keen to know about, you know, the fact that McDaniel came in last year and, you know, we were running kamikaze-style RPOs, uh, certainly early on, and, you know, two of us making first-level reads, but trying to push the ball vertically down the field. And, and what I mean by that is in the RPO game, you don't tend to do that. That's, that's so rare that your quarterback would make RPO for, at, at, the, the trifecta, really, of RPOs. RPO, run pass option. And then, uh, you know, when he was keeping the ball, he was then making first level reads, or uh, i.e., he was reading the end man on the line, but then pushing the ball vertically down the field. I don't mean kind of five yard passes, outs, you know, things like that. This was wheel routes, this was rail wheels, this was post wheels. Um, And so this was my question. And I said, look, you know, that's what it was last year. This year, now all of a sudden, the evolution, and obviously, you understand why there's an evolution because you have to change. But this year, all of a sudden the the speed with which you've evolved from those kamikaze style RPOs to now where the RPO game is really just window dressing. It's not for manipulation. We've become much more condensed between the numbers. So, so many of our past plays go between the numbers. Um, You know, we obviously know about the, the shifts and the late motions and those sorts of things, the route depths look different in terms of how we're running routes. Um, and also the fact that, you know, now he's starting to implement some classic Mike Shanahan uh, offensive uh, plays, mo- the, the most important of which is to turning his back to the defense off of play action, which is an absolute staple uh, of a Mike Shanahan offense. And he's done it with all his quarterbacks, John Elway, right the way through. Uh, and so I asked whether or not that evolution, for, you know, beyond the obvious reason that you're trying to stay, stay one step ahead of the defense, was that down to Tua's comfort level within the scheme? Was it down to McDaniel's own um, comfort level and his own evolution as a play schemer? But also, what the next? Iter- has he started working on what the next iteration of the scheme has to be? For him to stay one step ahead of of defensive coordinators and so that was really the question because i was just intrigued to know look where does the offense go now and i knew he wouldn't answer and he didn't answer he gave a, a long interesting voluminous answer but he didn't actually specifically answer the question um and why would he why would he give away the fact that he's working on a new you know branch of the scheme but um but it, we had a nice interaction and um yeah it was it, it was fun it was a fun few minutes
2: Yeah, and one final question, and then we're going to turn it over to the audience members who are the stars of this show, members from OnlyFans. If you're in the chat, just put in your questions. I'll read them out so Simon can get to them. One final thing from me. What is the weather looking like? Are they going to close the stadium?
3: I don't think so. I mean, it's cold. It's chilly, not cold here. It's probably about 13 degrees. It's kind of coat weather, but Probably not hat hat and gloves weather for for anybody it's not overly cold I haven't looked at the forecast for Sunday in terms of whether it's rain or but you know it's kind of overcast without it's kind of cloudy and and chilly but not cold um, there's a sort of low winter sun but beyond that I think it's absolutely fine I mean certainly in terms of the city. It is a hundred to one in terms of Kansas City fans um, compared to Dolphins fans. The place is packed with Chiefs fans. Haven't seen many Dolphins fans at all, but everywhere you turn, it's Chiefs fans. Um, so I, I think it will be very much like a, a home game for KC. Um, but fortunately, you know, you, you parlay the crowd against the weather, and I think the weather will be fine.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's all over Twitter that people are just speculating that they're probably going to close the roof on the stadium. Okay. But we, we shall see. We shall see uh, game time. I, I think they're expecting a little bit of rain. I think if they're going to expect just a little bit of rain, I think, yeah, I think they'll yeah, they
3: close it if they expect it.
2: Yeah, they'll just close the, the roof. All right, here's the, the first question. Do you think Coach will scheme it up to try and neutralize Chris Jones as much as possible? This is something that we talked about on the pod. Uh, just to give you a little background, Chris said you don't reinvent the wheel. I tend to agree with him. You don't start, uh, I guess, reworking your entire offense because – One guy is out, Rob Hunt, and one guy is in, Chris Jones. Uh, What say you?
3: Yeah, I agree. And actually, I asked both Connor Williams and especially Austin Jackson this very question about Chris Jones because uh, I was looking at the numbers and, uh, and Chris has played 202 snaps. A defensive end, um, so Austin is going to have to go up against him. And I said to Austin, "Look, you're you know, you're usually playing against you know a two hundred and sixty five pound Hassan Redick or a two hundred and fifty one pound Josh Eche, and now you're playing against a 6'6", 310 hundred and ten pound Chris Jones. What challenges does that present for you?" Uh, and I said the same to uh, I said the same to to Connor Williams in that you know. On one snap, you might be facing Chris Jones, but because they reduce it in and out with Derek Nandy and uh, and Danner and Charles Amenahu who and guys like that, it may, perhaps it makes it more difficult to scheme specifically against individual players because of what Spagnola does with his with his front seven and specifically his defensive line. So I don't think you do anything different to, to scheme for Colin Williams and get Jones uh, um, lined up on you know the two guards, especially with Rob Hunt being out of the um out of the lineup but i i just don't think you can change your offense to scheme for for one guy, I think you you know, you know play to the strengths that are getting the ball out of Tua's hand quickly. One thing I would I would rail against and, uh, and be wary of is that the Chiefs have the most battered balls in the league, especially inside the red zone. Uh, they're significantly number one in the red zone with, with balls knocked down. So that's certainly something I'd definitely keep an eye on, and I'm sure it's something that Spagnuolo's been teaching all week, especially just flooding those passing lanes with hands to make sure that they're trying knocking balls away.
2: All right, next question. Were you able to get a good look at the guards in action during the portion of the practice open to the media? Uh, I guess a better way to put it is Rob Jones, Lester Cotton. Rob Jones at left guard, Lester Cotton at right guard. That's the second team off uh, offensive guards from training camp. They're going to get a shot in a regular season game. Uh, your thoughts on that tandem?
3: Yeah, you get eight minutes, uh, and really all you see is um, you know them doing drills, rather than uh, lining up as a five. So they're doing, you know, 1v1s one or two on, two on twos, moving off the ball and kind of shuffling left and shuffling right. So you don't see any, uh, the quarterbacks are essentially, try- I mean, the, this is how seriously it, the media portion is taken. Uh, Skyler, Mike White and um, and two are essentially trying to stand, uh, and Jalen model were trying to stand in line with the goalpost about 20, 25 yards away and throw it so that it went around the front goalpost, but through the middle. Uh, so that's how seriously the quarterbacks were taking it. They were doing special teams drills behind us. I mean, the field, the practice field actually isn't long enough for 50 yards. They're playing at one of the the Bundesliga lower division teams, uh, one of the Frankfurt lower teams. Uh, and obviously they don't have a hundred yard field plus, you know, end zones. Um, so the, the field finished at four, the midfield is essentially 40 to 45 yard line, but you know teams the the guys were just doing um you know bits of stuff i mean the receivers would line up they'd take a snap for two would take a snap from one of the one of the members of staff, and he just, you know, float balls into the corner to to Claypool, to Durham, and to to those guys. So really, for the media portion, you just don't see anything, and it's phones away. It's, you know, only um, accredited photographers are able to take photos. So
2: you
3: you weren't able to see an offensive line line up.
2: Uh, Who won the quarterback
3: games? Sorry, say that again.
2: Who won the quarterback games that they were playing? Actually,
3: Jalen Waddell, Hmm. which was –
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
3: Which had everybody in stitches. <laughs> oh, that's he's nice. Good, he's got a good throwing him model actually.
2: Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I've I've witnessed them do these these drills uh, with the wide receivers. Tyreek Hill is an absolutely a bottom. Uh, he's just like God gave him a lot of gifts. One of them was not throwing a football. Yeah.
3: So Tyreek Hill is bad at it. I would. Half expect to see a Cedric Wilson or a Jalen Model throw at some point this
2: season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cedric Wilson absolutely belongs with the quarterbacks. Yeah,
3: he used to be a quarterback, you see. So, had a lot of throws at Boise State through, I think he threw, I want to say nine touchdowns, but that can't be right. I think he threw three touchdowns at Boise State.
2: All right, next question. What's the word on Needham? Now that he's back, where does that put Kohu Bethel? Uh, First of all, I'm pretty certain that Kohu is the nickel. Even with Ramsey and and Howard back, and I would say Needham's the dime. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, I would say that was the. I'd say that was the case. Although I think they're going to work Needham in slowly. I mean, you've got to realize you got to remember he's been out essentially for for a year plus. Um, Jalen intimated, Jalen Ramsey intimated that it will be him and X on the outside with Kohu in the slot. Um, on Sunday, it's going to be quite interesting. Fangio apparently yesterday said that he would move potentially move Jalen around to follow Travis Kelsey. Um, and we'll see whether or not that plays out. So it may be that he does do that, and uh, and Kade stays outside, and Jalen just literally has a one v one against Kelsey the whole time if X is playing. Um, so again, we got no read from practice, but that was kind of what was intimated. Although Jalen did bite back fairly hard at Daniel Oiofusi, um uh when he offered that as a as a possible solution for shutting Kelsey down. But mm-hmm. I suspect if um, yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's any if about it. I think hundred percent the the lineup would be Howard on one side, Ramsey on the other with Kohu in the slot. Uh and I think, you know, they'll slowly work need him in because, you know, like I said, he's been out for a year and they don't wanna they don't wanna overload him too quickly.
2: Yeah, and we talked about this on the pod, and there's a question on in the chat as well. The question is, so do you think Ramsey will exclusively cover Kelsey? Essentially travel with him? If not, who will? We talked about this on the pod. We said you know, I think there's a possibility that they may, they might just have him high-low with uh, Baker and Holland, and then on third downs, maybe Ramsey moves over. Ramsey had some success yeah. when he was in Jacksonville doing that with uh, Gronkowski, so it stands to reason, you know what, he's pretty important to this Kansas City Chiefs offense, yeah, might, it's might it's as well employ it. him. Your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, Baker was at the podium. and He talked a bit about having to cover Kelsey as well. So I don't think you'll see Jalen covering him for 65, 70 snaps the entire game. I think they will mix it up, high-low. I think you're you're absolutely right. I think third downs, crucial passing downs. I think they'll have um, they'll have Jalen potentially on him, maybe Javon. Um, but Baker seemed to intimate that linebackers would have an awful, awfully big role to play in coverage.
2: All right, here's another question. In your opinion, what defensive unit will have to step up the most to contain the Kansas City offense? Obviously, he's talking about defensive line, linebackers, or secondary. Uh, Your thoughts?
3: I I think, uh, look, I think the the Chiefs have a – The difficult thing with the Chiefs is that they don't have like a true star receiver. You have Sky Moore, you have Valdez Scantling, you have Michael Hardman, you have Rashi Rice, you know, you have uh, Justin Watson, you have a bunch of guys. And actually, it's quite hard to focus on a singular person. I think the most important unit or units are actually the front seven. I, I think you've got to stay disciplined with your pass rush. I think you've got to get to Patrick Mahomes. But the thing that Pat can do and has done consistently, both at Texas Tech and at Kansas City, is escape the pocket. He doesn't like to do it necessarily, so you're not going to look to do it. It's not like you're watching Lamar Jackson, but he will do it and he will pick up significant yards. Uh, and I think you've got to stay disciplined with your rush lanes to, to not allow him to it, not, not either overset or, or or work inside so that he can then move outside. I think you have to you know, not get too far beyond the top of your rush lanes. Um and I think the linebackers are really important in that, you know, if he does escape the pocket and look to pick up critical yardage on third downs, for example, I think David Long, Duke Riley, uh, Baker have just got to be able to key and, and make sure that he doesn't pick those up because those can be the sort of back that we've seen in the past with, with guys like Josh Allen. So I think um, the, first, the, the, the defensive line, the linebackers will be the critical units.
2: All right, this is a pretty interesting question because uh, it kind of ties in with uh, this uh, documentary that's on Netflix called Messi in America, uh, where uh, Lionel Messi was talking about that most of the pitches, pitches that he's played on here in MLS are faster than the ones he's played on in Europe, and it tends to suit his game a little bit better. Do you have any information on this hybrid field that they are installing for Sunday?
3: Sorry, you dropped out there. Can you? I, I heard fastest pitches, slower than normal pitches in Europe, but yeah, then I lost you yeah. for a second.
2: Yeah, Lionel Le- Messi said that uh, the pitches in in MLS are faster than the ones in Europe, and now they're installing this hybrid field for this game on Sunday. Do you have any information on what that field's supposed to play like?
3: I, I don't, I'm afraid. I have no field information. I mean, what I would say is generally um, European soccer grass tends to play slower generally than uh you know uh the field turf that, that you would generally use in the in the u.s um but if they are installing new turf i suspect it will be faster anyway so um yeah but beyond that i have no information on it unfortunately
2: all right uh here's another question with two backup guards in do you guys feel that it'll be important for armstead to just neutralize jones or Carlaftis, or can we scheme up quicker reads for Tua? Essentially, the question is, will they be just scheming up quicker passes for Tua to neutralize that pass rush?
3: I mean, I don't think the pass rush is necessarily like, you know, th- this isn't a pass rush like Philadelphia. You're not looking at Joshua and Hassan Reddick and guys like that. You're looking at big, long, physical, you know, Charles Amenho, six 6'6", long arms. You know, Mike Danner, kind of a, you know, strong five and a half sacks, but strong and, and powerful on the outside. This is not a guy that's necessarily going to beat you with speed. Um, you know, Karl Aftis is saying, Carl Aftis isn't the guy who's going to bend at the top of the arc and, uh, you know, run the arc like Von Miller. So I, th- I think what you're looking at is, is more power players than anything else. You're not looking at finesse edge rushers, but you're looking at disciplined, well-coached guys who can reduce inside, outside, play up and down the line. So I don't think you try and scheme anything quicker because it's quick enough as it is already. And you've got to allow the receivers to... to to, to hit their spots I, I would like to see them establish the run game and I think you know with with um with Nick Bolton being out you know uh, I would like to think that you can maybe establish that run game but the you know Miami've got a match physical with physical uh, and the thing about the chiefs and stopping the run is that Jones and Nandy and Danna and Karlaftis, especially as a front four unit are very very physical in stopping the run they they understand how to play the run and they are very very physical players these are not finesse pass rushers so, Miami's going to have to match tough with tough if they want to be able to run the ball consistently. Because what you, you don't want to of throwing the ball 60 times a game. You want the, the Dolphins are best when they, they're balanced out and they can run the ball. And, uh, you know, most of it's picking up four or five yards of carry. And, you know, if we're entering the same situations within the first half against Philadelphia, this team's going to be in trouble because you just don't want to have to continue to rely on passing down after down after down after down because that's not how you win.
2: All right, this is going to be the last question. Uh the question's essentially about travel. It's really interesting if you read uh some of the uh, the Kansas City media because they have somebody who works with Patrick Mahomes who's his like quarterback guru and he's saying, "No, nah, no, nah, you know the Chiefs have it right. Uh, you know, the Chiefs know what they're doing. You just show up there a day before, you stay on your schedule and it doesn't bother you." Then there's others like our own Chris Kaufman that has numbers to suggest if you're there all week, you get acclimated And it actually is an advantage to be there all week for a game on Sunday overseas. Uh, Your thoughts on the travel? Dolphins arrived on a Tuesday. Chiefs arrived late on a Thursday. Is it going to be an advantage for Miami or maybe even Kansas City? Your thoughts?
3: I think get an advantage from Miami personally. I mean, I know I would say that, wouldn't I? But, um, I would not want to play a game on Sunday having arrived on Thursday, given what jet lag flying West to East does to me. I, you know, they flew nine hours, 50 minutes. The plane was two hours late. The flight was two hours late. Um, that to me is, you know, that is tiring. Uh, you know that is tiring for me i i think the dolphins players that came to the podium and just generally talked to the beat guys to joe Shad and david ferrones and uh and those guys you know saying that the players that they'd spoken to all week and also speaking to brett who's my friend in the press office um you know the players are are acclimated they're sleeping well the hotel is great they're getting all everything they need the food is great at the hotel they're very relaxed Mike McDaniel especially wanted them to fly Monday night to Tuesday so that the guys could have Tuesday off and could he really encouraged them to get out and see the city and see the sights and enjoy their day off as a team, as friends, and enjoying new cultures and a new city, and then come into work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, walk through Saturday. But the guy like I said, the guys that came to the podium today, Baker, um Austin Jackson, Connor, especially, Jalen Ramsey less so, but certainly the three of them talked about how you know how much they were enjoying it, how how relaxed they were how they felt good how they slept i know travis kelsey said you know i would you know just go straight from the airport to the game because i love the game so much but i do think there's a residual tiredness that comes with the jet lag that you know you get when you fly a long way across halfway around the world from west from from the west to the east that's you know it it is more exhausting flying west to east for whatever reason um, and I wouldn't necessarily want to be playing, an, you know, a physical NFL game against, you know, the potential other number one seat in the in the AFC, knowing that I'd only arrived on on Friday morning and my, my flight was late. So um, I think it's advantage Dolphins. But look, you've got to push home that advantage. Uh, you know, it's mano a mano. All
2: right, it's prediction time. Uh, I'll give you a little background on what we predicted on our preview podcast. Uh, We both agree that the game will be played in the 20s. It'll be close because the Kansas City Chiefs play close games. It's just something that they do. They just play close games. It's just a matter of fact. If the Chiefs are playing, it's probably going to be close, and they're probably going to win. But we have Chris Kaufman saying 24-23 Miami. I'm saying 27-24 Miami. I think it'll be a good game. It'll be a nail-biter. It'll be in the 20s. What do you think will happen on Sunday? I'm to
3: go similarly. I, I was going to say 27-24. I'll go 28-26. Uh, I kind of feel a bit like I do with the Eagles game. I, I, my head says Kansas City. My heart says Miami. Um so I'll leave it at 28-26 and we'll see which way the cookie crumbles.
2: <laughs> well, uh, you can't win any contest, uh, you know, if you uh,
3: I'll say uh, I'll say I'll say Kansas City win 28-26, but uh, hoping for obviously something different. I uh, just to go against you two guys more than anything.
2: <laughs> All right, uh well, you know, you're there, so I got to ask you this question because who knows who's listening. What are Taylor. the odds that Taylor Swift will be in attendance? Because I I, I, ex- I exclusively reported a week ago, and I think I'm going to be made to look like a clown, that she is on tour elsewhere. So therefore, she cannot be there. But rich people tend to have like jets and stuff like that. So they could arrive. Places. Yeah, exactly. So I do mean, you have any information on that?
3: No information whatsoever, but um, we were in New York last week and went went past her house, and uh, she was there at the time, apparently, and heading off somewhere. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise The European tour starts very soon, so it wouldn't surprise me if she managed to rock up into Frankfurt. And also, what's really interesting is that the airport, Frankfurt Airport is literally a five-minute drive from Deutsche Bank Park, which is the stadium. So, um, not difficult for a private jet to land for her to hop into a Range Rover and straight to the stadium and straight back out again. So, yeah. um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if she's there on Sunday. I've got to say, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
2: Well, it's a huge advantage for Miami if she's not. So, let's root for her. Not Absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right. That's gonna Absolutely. do it. I hope you guys enjoyed a double preview. Uh, you know, what other podcast provides stuff like this, right? Just
3: ours. Next level, mate. All
2: right. We will talk about this. We'll be armed with the results, and we'll talk about this on Monday, but see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to OnlyFans
0: here in a Live. a